Los Angeles, I'm having a book event June 23rd. It is Live Talks LA. Uh, it's going to be uh, a book event where there will be signings and a long discussion about the book. I'd love to see you there. Click the link in the description below and get tickets. Love to see you there. So I'm like, yeah, go ahead. Search the plane. So they put drug dogs on the plane. Well, of course, I smoke pot on the plane. So the dogs are. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what that's uh, all about. but And uh, then the guy goes, uh, the dog needs to sniff that bag on your shoulder. And I was like, rawr, rawr. And, uh, <laughs> 100%. Listen, guys, Bird is under dialysis, and we're hoping he recovers soon. Thankfully, there are people that can come in and keep this show going. We are blessed today to have the great Ron White here with us. Give it up for Ron wow. White, everybody. There's applause coming from the back of the building they somewhere. Love that, they love that, it. Everybody that's... loves Ron White. That's the thing. You're a legend, man. I'm so thankful that you're here. Doesn't that legend mean almost dead <laughs> or, or already dead? No. Uh, Not in this case, it doesn't. <laughs> whenever comics introduce me out to Vulcan, they're always... It's so over the top, I can't even follow it. You I know? mean, we, you know, it's got to feel good though. People admire you. We all look up to you. You, you're, um, you know, you're, you, you, you've kind of laid this path of like how to do it. And not only have you done it well, but the thing I think that happens when you do this, like when you do stand up for a while, is the thing you end up appreciating and respecting the most is longevity. It's somebody who like because people pop and then they kind of like fizzle out but somebody that is a real comic that just keeps doing it like you're it's who you are you're a comedian you're, yeah that's it that's yeah. it <laughs> so we we admire you man yeah, and you look great you look fucking great man well you know i haven't had a drink of alcohol in 16 months i am not proud to say and uh <laughs> i i believe that there's so much alcohol that you can drink in your lifetime and yeah. i drank mine you got it and uh, the next time when I come back in another life, I'm going to drink a little slower. Okay. You know, so I have sure. a little extra booze to drink <laughs> yeah. in my 60s and you, 70s. You have a little little time with it later on. What yeah. are you doing to, like, fill the, you know, the void of that? Hard uh, drugs. Drugs? <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of hard drugs. Yeah. That, what I've done is, uh, you know, I do, uh, you know, I, I suffered a little depression when I was, you know, kind of in the pandemic, and I was drinking a lot of uh, my tequila. And... Uh, and and then somebody suggested mushrooms might be a way to, to get me out of that funk. So I started macro dosing those and I don't have scales or anything, but <laughs> you know, it's probably more than the recommended, uh, Just eyeballing it? I mean, it's like that much. I don't know if you can tell, is that a weight measure <laughs> yeah. or anything about that much mushrooms? Yeah. And, uh, and I got to tell you, it pulls you right out of the funk. It does, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've been wanting to do it. I want actually. I want to go to ayahuasca. I want to have know. like that that like mind opening experience. Well, I you know I did uh, when it became really apparent that uh, that that I probably needed to quit drinking, uh, and it, and it came about in a couple of different ways. One. My girlfriend has a a, a beach house. It's on, it's on a, the main channel, the Oxnard Marina. She, her house is one of them. Uh, and uh, so the neighbors are maybe five years older than me, and they're all drunk, drunks. I yeah, mean, yeah. and so I had no choice but to look at it. You know, right. that's what you look like right there. And in five years, it's not going to get better. See, it gets yeah, worse. Really, and uh, yeah, and they're nice people, but they're just retired drunks. And this this is actually what helped 
uh, it, it just made me look at it. I mean, my, the doctors were saying that I have some bad numbers. And uh, so, but it made it easier just to look at the natural progression of life. I, I got to get ready to be 70 in five years, uh -huh. right? So right. how am I going to get around? How am I going to function? And it was really, you know, got to the point, especially during the pandemic, that I was, you know, that bottle of tequila was moving. I used to keep it in a cabinet, and then it went to a coffee table yeah. and, uh, <laughs> that I didn't even have to get up, just reach over and right. pour a little bit. And it went from 5 to 3.30 in the afternoon, and and it just, I, I and it, but I couldn't really see a life where I didn't drink, uh -huh. you know, because right. number one, I'm famous for drinking. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so socially, uh, I'm kind of the hub of, uh, of social activity in some circle, you know, and, 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 and then I have a crew on the road with me all the time and I've gotten them drunk every night for years Sure, and, uh, on my nickel. And I'm like, I don't want the other employers do this, you know, every <laughs> night. Let's go get trashed yeah. on me, guys, yeah. every yeah. night. Come yeah. on, let's go. So, but, so I, I, I'd heard about ayahuasca and I thought, well, that's what I want to do. I want to go down to uh, Costa Rica and go, and go to a place uh, called Rhythmia. And, uh, and I told them how much I drank and then they said, no, you can't come here because we're not set up for detox and you're going to have problems. And really? uh, and that's not what we are. It can be a byproduct, but it's not what we're here to do. You know, so you got to quit for 15 days. And I'm like, 15 days? <laughs> no way. So I went to this hypnotist in uh, uh, Santa Monica and uh, really cheesy looking operation. Uh -huh. uh, guy's doing it out of his garage and he has a a brown wig that's just a little crooked. I don't know if it's all part of it or what. And he drank at a thin, tall glass of water with no ice that he barely sipped on. <laughs> and you're in his garage, you know, 30-year-old recliner, blue, velvety-looking, uh -huh. you know. And and the guy's so good at what he does. And uh, the, you didn't you, you go to four sessions, it's 250 bucks a piece. Rehab's three thousand a day yeah. in LA. So you go for a month, that's ninety thousand dollars. And I went about ten years ago for I stayed sober for six months for I think then it was seventy thousand dollars. I'm like, right. well, to stay sober the rest of my life's gonna be pricey. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, if that's all I'm getting is these yeah. six month chunks out of the seventy grand dollar investment. So I went to him and and uh and so I just did what he said, you know, the first session i didn't quit drinking he said you don't have to quit drinking now i'm like great yeah how go. long does this go yeah, yeah. <laughs> a year <clears throat> i want a slow program and then you quit after the second one and i and i gotta tell you i never went through any kind of detox or didn't buy and, and i did the first time i quit i was in a fucking hospital room shaking and sweating and uh i now i think they were giving me pills to make me shake and sweat because it's the only time i've ever done it and I think that you, I don't know that for sure. I'm making false accusations. Sure, sure. But still, like, it, yeah. it entered my mind. Yeah. Well, why was I, you know, because I was drinking more now than I was then. And, and, uh, but, but nothing. I just quit and it didn't bother me a bit. And, uh, and then I went down to, to, uh, Costa Rica and did a week at, uh, ayahuasca. And, and, and it was, 
Well, you know, you, it's really nice, number one, this place. It's not a canoe down the Amazon to right. a corrugated tin shack with a bunch of feathered, you know, it's not Spit that experience. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. no, no. It's no. It, it's used to be part of a JW Marriott on the beach, and it was their overflow oh. on the jungle side, so this guy bought it and uh, and turned it into this health facility. So the food's great. Everything's included. You trip for four nights and uh, from like 5.30 to about midnight and uh, in the perfect environment. I mean, it's uh, this big room has beds, mattresses on the floor, and they're all made up. It's all really nice, pillows and blankets. And it's very kind of ceremonial, you know, that we do have feathers. Sure. There's feathers there. Feathers help. And yeah. uh, there's four different shamans, a different one every night, and the juice is a little different every night. And the, the first night I did it, uh, I tripped so hard, and I don't mind altered states, and boy, but that was a little much for me. And I wasn't exactly sure. At one point, I'm like, I can't do this four nights in a row. Yeah. No, no way. But the drug that's in it, the, the active ingredient, is over. It gets out of your system just like that. And so they know exactly when it'll be over. So at midnight, when they turn on the light and say good morning, you're no matter how hard you were tripping before, it's not like go to bed. Yeah. But it's over. And yeah. you're like, oh, well, I can do that. I can go to the dark side because they, they tell you to lean towards the dark side. So if you see a rainbow and a unicorn and this side of the street, and then there's a, some dude you barely recognize near a window, go that way. Yeah. Don't hop on the unicorn and fly over the rainbow. Yeah. And because uh, there's nothing over there. Right. And so I was leaning into it pretty hard and uh but when, I've, when I when once I found out it was over I'm like I can I can do that you know as long as it's not 16 hours of when is this shit yeah. going to go away yeah yeah and uh so and the next night I went in there and the shaman gave me like half as much and you could drink as much of it as you want you just can't do it past a certain time so they know you're it's over when it's sure. over and uh he gave me like half as much and he said uh said the uh, mother ayahuasca is giving you the night off. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> whatever you want. And it was so beautiful. They, they had on the back, they had all these hammocks and the great sky and monkeys and shit and, and a big fire out there. And the shaman just goes, just go outside. And I said, what do I do? And just go outside and sit in a hammock. And uh, when it's time to come in, come on in. I said, how will I know when it's time to come in? He goes, oh, you'll know. So I'm out there going, oh, it's kind of like a little light mushroom buzz. And then I... Uh, then I opened my mouth and the entire forest rushed into it. And I'm like, it's probably time to go in, right? And I, so I went on, I went on in and laid down on my mattress. And some people get, there's vomit buckets too, because uh -huh. it makes people vomit. This, yeah. Or it gives you the shits, which is what it did for me. And uh -huh. so I kept having to trip and balls. I got, oh my God. And, I never thought I'd walk into a room full of people throwing up in buckets and go, lucky. <laughs> I got to go to this other room and shit. Yeah. And you just throw up in your bed. Was it life-altering experience? The way a lot of people describe ayahuasca as like, oh, man, this completely changed my perspective on things. It, 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 what it did in a nutshell was helped me forgive everybody except one fucking divorce lawyer. I, I mean, I'm telling you, I did it. 
I was so good with forgiving everybody till it came to that sorry motherfucking piece of shit. Yeah. And I, so I'm hung up. Yeah, just that one little yeah. thing, but yeah. the rest of it's good. That's pretty good. And, uh, you know, it also a big part of just forgiving me for, you know, uh, to let it go. It's a waste of time. It takes too much energy. And, uh, but, but it really showed me a way to let it all go. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I, and I, I tell you, I, the experiences after the first night, which were dark, uh, were very light and full of nothing but love feelings nice. of love. And, and it, it affects everybody differently. Cause the night that I was on the mattress, could not get up. I couldn't figure out how to scratch my head. My head itched. I have hands with fingernails. Yeah. Couldn't put them together. Really? Like, uh, uh, cause I was just thinking about something else. And then somebody walked by and I was like, can you scratch my head? And they're like, yeah, sure did. <laughs> good. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And other people are dancing. So uh, in my head, I'm doing the Bill Hicks line. So you guys can use your legs, huh? <laughs> yeah. So you went through a, through a full ride. This is a full ride. A full ride and uh, and four nights in a row. But the other three were just joyous. That's great. And uh, completely different. And, uh, and, and I was ready to attack. I was ready to go deeper, deeper. And they're like, it was kind of like a, a death and a, and a rebirth. Yeah. But I got there quick. Yeah. And... Uh, now, I don't know about all that, right? All I know is I wanted the experience of yeah. it. Um, I found this place that was really good at it, very, very safe. And uh, not, I mean, it's like five grand a week for the nicest room they've got. And yeah. that includes food. So it's not rehab prices. And yeah. you're in Costa Rica. I ended up staying in Tamarindo for an extra week after that. Man. And, Fucking love it, man. Yeah, and uh, I just I just got connected to somebody who will fly in and either do it at they'll do it at your place or you can go to a place and they'll administer and take you through that. You know, I know that that's going on. I know it's going on all over Beverly Hills. Yeah, and and, uh, my yoga girl used to go do it, and she's really the one that kind of talked me into doing it. But uh, but I wanted to. I didn't really trust. I mean, I have a little trouble with an honest or a healthy amount of uh, problem with trust. And so uh, I just made the decision to go down I think that's cool as shit. Yeah. And and by the way, I think you deserve an enormous amount of credit for having the the awareness to see those neighbors that you were saying that are five years older and having the, the thought of being like, hey, this is the future. Right. Like being able to see that most, a lot of people don't put two and two together like that. They just look at their neighbor and they're like, all right. And they just keep going. Yeah. You could, you could really, (laughs) I, you know, and and I, I really like those people, but I have a tendency not to go there because of them, you know, because I just, and not that it makes me want to drink because it makes me want to drink even less. Right. And I can't drink any less because I don't drink at all, but I would drink less than none. How have you, it's been 16 months. How have you adapted to knowing that you're Ron White, everybody goes, this guy's always got a cocktail and a cigar, he's great to be around, you know, the crew, meeting everybody just being like, I want to have a drink with this guy. Right. And now you're not, 
drinking, like, do you still socialize? Have you adopted like some other thing that lets you be in those circles or like, what's your, well, if they want to smoke pot and eat mushrooms, I'll do that. There you you know? So, you know, I still got some shit going on. Okay. It it was socially, it was awkward at first. And, 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 and I had a tendency right at first to, to kind of isolate. And then it got to where the upside to, to me not drinking was so big. Yeah. That it didn't matter to me anymore. And it was, you, that was you a have really so much more short clarity. Time that I, huh? You have much more clarity, like you think in your mind or like. You know, I, 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 I sleep like a baby. I, I feel good when I, when I wake up. Yeah. You know, unless I've been tripping all night and then I feel yeah. like shit. You know, yeah. I don't want to paint too great a picture. And I mean, I, and also I'm not recruiting. Yeah. People to quit drinking. This was my problem. Sure. You know, it was nobody else's problem. And uh, and I own a tequila company, so I need people to continue to drink yeah. at an accelerated rate. Just to we had to take a truck off the route when I quit. There you go. And number uh, one, number one tequila. My investors, even though they <laughs> they said, uh, "Oh, that's great, you're going to quit drinking," they they totally didn't sound like they meant it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it yeah. Sounded like it was just something they were throwing in there for for fun. Sure. Oh, great news that's for great. all of us, Ron. <laughs> yeah. So, you know what? And the weird thing is I don't talk about it on stage. I, I, I go on stage with a bottle of my tequila and a, and a, and a drink that looks like a drink, you know? Yeah. Because it's a, people go, well, why aren't you honest? I'm like, it's not a fucking newscast. No. It's a comedy show. It's a show. Yeah, most of it's not true. Right. You know? It's, so I, many people don't fucking get that. Yeah, these are, these are jokes. I just tell them in story form. You know, like, so they, it may sound more, uh, less like a joke, uh, and more like a story, but it's not. It's jokes written into a into a story, into a story form. Yeah. And I love it. Quite it's my frankly, I thing. could never ever figure out another way to do it. Yeah, and this is the only way it worked for me. So I'm like, fuck. Why it's my favorite thing. The least resistance. It's favorite thing to watch is like my. What I remember was like you know I always liked watching stand up. Like when you you get into stand up because you like watching it, you yeah. enjoy stand up. But my favorite type of stand up to watch before I did stand up was somebody just talking about like their day or something that that happened and it sounded like it was someone who had come over to the house and just telling telling you like do you know what happened exactly that was my favorite kind of thing to watch and i gravitated towards doing that the longer i did stand up cuz i was also just better at that than any other form of stand up so i love the storytelling style right. it's my favorite yeah and it's easy to get into uh and, and, and if you go out and live your life like a banshee anyway, yeah. then stories are going to arise, you yeah. know, <clears throat> like the Vero Beach Dude. thing. Well, I couldn't have written that. Dude, so for people that don't know, so I went to high school in Vero Beach. There's not a lot of things when you're in Vero Beach that you that people talk about. Vero Beach is a small, mostly retirement community. They did have the Dodgers spring training for 49 years until fucknuts moved them to Arizona. That was our only thing was Dodger town. So like when I was in high school, I would go to gold's gym to work out next to Mike Piazza. I would go to church on Sunday with my parents and Tommy Lasorda would be, you know, shit like that was it. And then as you know, you'd hear Vero beach very seldom. And then one day they're like, Hey, you know what happened in Vero beach? Ron white got arrested here. And I was like, what? And uh, (laughs) it was on your plane or your plane had landed, right? What's the, 
Actual story. The actual story is I was I was flying in there for two shows at the Sunrise Theater, I believe, in <laughs> Fort Pierce. Okay. And uh and I was on the plane. It was it's my plane. Uh by myself with two pilots. And the, and there were new pilots because I fired my old pilots. The old pilots uh decided it would be great to call a number and report a drug smuggler. This plane, and you can follow the, you know anything on FlightAware. Uh-huh. And uh, <clears throat> so before I would land, that's what they would do. And and uh, but it never worked. But this time it did. And so I'm just sitting on the plane, and I notice there's you know people in flag jackets and fucking dogs and rawr, 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 and, and I'm like, I wonder what's going on there yeah you know and then (laughs) try to whoa it's me so they you know they get me off the plane and these cops were solid dudes and they were fans of course they go ryan here's what happened and i said uh uh he said can we search the plane it'll all be better if we could just determine that you're not a drug smuggler which we already know you're not you're here to do a show we all we totally get it we're fans we have tickets yeah (laughs) right yeah short of that but so I'm like, yeah, go ahead, search the plane. So they put drug dogs on the plane. Well, of course, I smoke pot on the plane, so the dogs are. Rawr, 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 rawr. Yeah, I don't know what that's uh, all about, but and uh, then the guy goes, uh, the dog needs to sniff that bag on your shoulder, and I was like, rawr, rawr. And, uh, <laughs> oh no, and. Uh, Buying someone jewelry is usually a great experience all around. They get a beautiful gift, and you get the unforgettable moment of seeing the look on their face when they open it. The only tricky part, figuring out how to get the perfect piece at the best price. This is what I recommend for any jewelry purchase. Source it from BlueNile.com. Blue Nile offers thousands of independently graded diamonds and fine jewelry at prices significantly below traditional retail. They also offer a peace of mind with every purchase with some of the highest quality standards in the industry. They're available 24-7 by phone or chat to answer technical questions and give recommendations for every budget. The thing about buying jewelry is you really don't know what you're getting into. You don't know what you're looking at often. And the great thing about working with Blue Nile is you have somebody who's a true expert that can help guide you along the way so you don't feel lost, so you know what these diamond grades are, you know you're getting real value. You can feel great about your purchase because Blue Nile also offers a diamond price match guarantee. And just in case you don't, they offer 30-day returns. Shop Blue Nile today and experience the ease and convenience of the original online jeweler. Go to BlueNile.com today. That's BlueNile.com. My favorite spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. Wow, how have I been living like this? It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless. When Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month, when you purchase a three-month plan, more like, wow, how have I been affording this? It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. We use Mint Mobile at the office, and we have been saving so much money since switching over, and setting up on Mint Mobile's website was super easy. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com bears. That's mintmobile.com slash bears. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash bears. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 per 
month. New customers on first three months plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. So literally there was seven eighths of a gram of marijuana. They weighed it. Seven eighths of a gram. Which is out of weed, right? That's that means you don't have any you don't pot. have weed. Yeah, <laughs> you have any pot? No, <laughs> seven eighths of a gram. Yeah, and uh, so they uh, whatever fuck nut at the station. The chief said, "Bring him in. He's a flight risk. He's got a plane." And uh, and they were so apologetic. They're like because they had to do what he said yeah you sure. know so they're like mr white you're gonna hate us and i'm like what and i got, I got a show to do right and yeah. uh and he goes uh they're gonna make us bring in i'm like for for this for seven eighths of a gram of pot which they already said would be no big deal because i yeah when they said look in the bag i showed them that and they're like ah it's not and uh so handcuffed me put me in the cop car and took me down and the funny thing was I, for some reason, because I, I don't understand money yeah, uh-huh. and uh, never had any really until one day when I started selling out theaters and you know what happens then. And, yeah. But I would get $5,000 a show in cash because I just wanted to make sure some of it was real, you know? Sure. And uh, I felt better if I had it. And so. So you're like, wire or give me the check for the rest, but give me cash. Right, every cash, 5,000 bucks. So I had done seven shows since I'd been home. So I had $35,000 cash in my this bag that I carry. And uh, this guy's like, well, I'm going to need to count that money. And uh, I'm like, oh, oh it's going to take a while. And he's like, one, <laughs> one, one thousand, yeah, two, geez. one thousand. I'm oh, like, Jesus. no, no. <clears throat> You can't count it like that. Count out stacks of 100. One, two, three, four, five. I'm teaching this motherfucker how to count. count. <laughs> right? And um, they moved me from city jail to fucking county jail, and the whole thing's going down uh, the tubes. And I am I have a real problem being late to, to anything. Yeah. And I'm so I'm not. I'm on time. And and uh, so the show, it's kind of causing me some anxiety. And... and uh, but they, but they're at the theater. They've got a theater sold out show. They were two different nights, and so this shows the people are there. Like, hey, he just got moved over to county jail on the house. But they're announcing, like, yeah. yeah. So when I got out of the out of the, when they released me, there was a a truckload of, of kids, a pickup truck full of kids that had these big signs that they'd already made that said "Free Tater." <laughs> and, uh, and God, I hate myself for being in such a hurry yeah. that I couldn't stop and address that, take sure. a picture with them or something. Sure. But I was two hours late to this show. Just, yeah. And uh, not one person left. Everybody stayed there you for stayed. two hours waiting for me to get out of jail. What was that like walking and, uh, out that night? It was, it was absolutely one of the most insane responses I've ever, ever gotten walking on stage. Yeah. Because whatever happened, uh, I got there for that show. Yeah. And they stayed for that show. They went nuts. And it sold uh, It sold everything. This guy in a newspaper, the sheriff, uh, said he may not have had uh, many drugs with him, but how do we know how much he did have? 
I'm like, how do we know I didn't kill somebody? Is, yeah. Are we being speculative <laughs> on what I might have done wrong in the yeah. past? Because yeah. there's plenty to probably lock me up, you, <laughs> but I didn't get caught for any of it. So I got caught with seven eighths of a gram. And I didn't realize and, it was that little. Yeah, and and I wanted to fight it, you know, but for fun. Yeah, and uh, just because it would make them look stupid sure. to have all this go to all this trouble over this. And then they're and, like, uh, here it is. And I told them, these guys drove by. Uh, uh, three meth labs and a dead hooker yeah. just to get to my seven eighths of a gram of pot. Yeah. Yeah. So you need to focus your energy elsewhere. But, um, but it, it sold everything. It sold tickets. It sold books. It sold everything I sell. Amazing, so, yeah. amazing. And that's yeah. That's one of like when you say Vera Beach down. Like, there's very few things that people there. Well, they'll be like Ron White was here and he got pinched <laughs> on the fucking tarmac. They, on your plane, <laughs> right? That that was the biggest comment. It was Ron White has a jet? Yeah, yeah. Dude. You're and I, I, everybody. I looked at it as two different jobs. One of them paid a little more, and the other one you had a jet. Yeah. And I'm like, I think I want to have a jet for a while, man. So everybody in com, like you know, within the comedy world, you kind of mm -hmm. learn these things. Like when the the big names in comedy are into something, like everybody knows Seinfeld loves Porsches, right? Like everybody knows he has those. Everybody knows who, who like, what kind of like the big names interests are. And when you, it became known that you had a jet, everybody was like, fuck yes, Ron White has a jet. And everybody aspired to it. I want to know what like, obviously this touring life is kill it's killing me right now. I think yeah. I picked up something this week. I just go city to city to city. Um, when, cause I, I, you know, to give people a background on you, it's like, you're, you're just, you're a comic, you're working, you're, you're grinding it out. Like all comics are blue collar really is like the explosion, right? That Absolutely. Like launches you at, into another stratosphere. And then it's like, now you're doing what you do, but you're doing it for a lot more people selling out theaters everywhere. Somewhere on the, along that line, you, you must go like, well, if I'm going to work this much. I, you know, I might as well. I'm gonna get a fucking jet. Get a jet. <laughs> well, I was when when blue collar happened. Um, I'd been doing stand up for 15 years. For 15. Yeah. Okay. And <clears throat> so, and I was doing nine, you know, eight nine shows a week in comedy clubs. So I had chops. Right. And uh, I was blistering these crowds, and and then the blue collar, the movie they shot the movie, and uh, and I'm only in it for 10 minutes. Is that right? It's a 10-minute set. I'm opening for Foxworthy and Ingvall, so Larry, Larry and I are doing that. And so I'm like, if I see this right, I have a chance of getting really famous from 10 minutes of material. Did you really think like that already? Yeah. You did? I just saw that coming because Warner Brothers committed to it. And you knew how big Jeff money. was and all that. Yeah, so. and I'd, I'd watch Jeff explode right next to me, although I never thought it would happen to me. Yeah. But then when I saw it going down, I'm like, wow, wouldn't it be perfect if you got famous without burning that fucking <coughs> show? Yeah. And so now I could sell out any venue in the country in two minutes at that time. And, uh, and I've got a, a long-ass show nobody's ever seen that's tight as fuck. Yeah. So... I was able to stay ahead of it, so I wouldn't. When I, by the time I'd release a special, I would have a show to do. By the way, because I stayed ahead of it early. As a side note, this was one of the big fuck ups with the stand up shows, like uh, Last Comic Standing, is that somebody would compete in that, 
win and have a total of 15 minutes of stand-up. So then when everybody learned who they were, they couldn't capitalize on it. Right. They were like, I have 15 minutes. Right. And they're fucked. Yeah. And the exact opposite thing happened to, to me. You. Yeah. Which was I had 15 years. Yeah. And, uh, you're uh, a headliner. And uh, had never put out a record. Man. And, uh, and uh, I, I think the first time we put a show on sale... Uh, my manager at the time, who was an asshole, he goes, uh, you need to, you, you haven't even sold out comedy clubs yet, Ryan. You need to do comedy clubs for a little while. I'm like, I don't think so. And there was a little 800 seat theater out where I lived in Swanee, Georgia. It was connected to a big complex of theater. So it was a smaller one, but, but nice little uh, theater. I shot my last special there. And, uh, he said, you'll be lucky to sell out one. I sold out, I think eight or nine. Jesus Christ. And, uh, so that week, you know, I made a, a hundred and something thousand, more than I made the whole year before that. Sure, sure. And, uh, it's fun to call that man. I'm like, too. What wow. do you think of that shit? Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is good, right? Yeah. It's working out. <laughs> and uh, so I, I, and Jeff was flying everywhere. And I was over, over to Jeff. So I was flying around on a jet he was renting. And it's just so fucking expensive. And so I, I found this, uh, I had a, a friend that was a big good friends with Bill Clinton, and he used to have a West Wind one, and not the plane I would recommend, but but uh, but that's what I had, and it was a great plane, coast to coast distance, seven people fit on it, bathroom nobody uses, and uh, and these two pilots, it drinks a lot of gas, but I bought it for a million six, but I just sold it for like. 110 grand because it was so old it was built in 1980 and nobody would finance it still sure. a perfect airplane yeah uh you, you never never, you never want to be afraid of old planes you want to be afraid of new planes 737 yeah. max yeah uh, because the the old planes are pretty simple and that jet engine is not they still sell the same jet engine that was on my plane for a million bucks a piece now they they sell them still sell that that motor it's yeah. a perfect motor sure and uh but now you know, there, there's so many of those planes that just don't fly anymore because of their age. You can pick up those engines for a hundred grand and put them on your skateboard. No, you can't. <laughs> the uh, so uh, I thought, and I was also doing 145 cities a year. God damn! So, uh, so I bought. I already had a tour bus that I still have, the same one, 15 years old or 20 years old, and and. Uh, and I thought, well, I'm gonna, just going to make touring as soft as I can for me yeah. and work this motherfucker like crazy yeah. because who knows how long it's going to last. Not long, probably, if you look at all of it. You know, I watched guys that were better than me not stay in theaters like Rich Jenny, for one, mm -hmm. better comedian than I'll ever be. And he, he would make the corner into theaters, and then the next thing you know, he would be back at comedy clubs again. And, Why do you think that was? He was such an asshole. I mean, he was. Yeah. I mean, he really was, and I know he had problems because he yeah. shot himself, right? So yeah. there, there's your start. Start looking here, <laughs> and uh, right, and uh, but I was such a big Rich Jenny fan. He's so funny for people who don't know. He's so so funny, gifted, gifted entertainer, yeah. and just beat a room to death with really smart stuff. And but I was headlining the improv down in. Uh, Miami, Coconut Grove, or wherever it was, and, and uh, he was coming in. I was there for two weeks, and uh, and he was coming in on Monday and Tuesday, or, or, or one, maybe one, maybe both, and doing a, just a one night there because he was 
wasn't back in theaters, but he was just doing one-nighters in comedy clubs. And so he came in, and they just didn't have a green room there. It was just a front office, but he had a little meat tray set up, you know, a little special, not much, but more than they got me. And and I went in there and just told him I was a fan, told him I was the headliner. You know, he would have no reason to know who I was. I was just a club headliner. And and he looks right past me at his manager and goes, how long is he going to be in here? I'm like, I was so surprised, you know. I mean, <clears throat> I get it, you know, just a young comic that, we're, but, but I don't get, you know, being that that rude to somebody. So then, right, really, kind of right before he uh, offed himself, um, he was down at the comedy store, and I was down there with Doug Stanhope, and we went over and just fucked with him. You did? I mean, like, hey man, let's go bowling or something. Let's let's. We never hang out anymore. We you know we met down there, and it, it was just it all because he doesn't like to talk to people anyway. We just wouldn't leave him alone, and we did it. It was a you know because I I told Doug that story about what a dick yeah. he was, and yeah. Doug said, "Well, let's go, you know, let's go, let's fuck, go with fuck with him." him. Yeah. And then he killed himself. I feel so bad. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I don't really blame myself, but I was there. You know, so. I was there. I was there kicking the fucking ant bed. How? Looking back on it, though, how much do you you're you uh, are glad you had the jet, right? Yeah, it was the shit. Yeah, you know it's it's just um, you you got to work hard, you know, to to justify. Sure. But if you're doing that kind of work, which you, you know, which you are, yeah. and uh, would you look into this camera and which one? I think this one here. Yeah, and tell my business manager it's probably a good idea. Uh. You know, Tom uh, will kill himself in commercial flights. If you touch what happened to Rich Jenny, it, it, what happened was he was perfectly normal and he started doing all this work, trying to make his manager some money yeah. and his business manager, and they, they held him back and the pressure uh, got to him. And, uh, well, we all know what happened. Jeff, and, uh, it's settled. Boom. It's jet time. It's jet time. Man, you know, I wish I wouldn't have. Uh, I wish I wouldn't have sold mine because I I would have given it to you, oh, and uh, you could have used man. it. And Jeff I just had it repainted that. too. It was oh, the coolest did? plane. Yeah. Wait, a, this is the one I saw. The tail had the like the pirate, pirate ship. Yeah, and, I saw uh, that. It yeah. had a skull and crossbones on the bottom of it, and <clears throat> the um, I told my wife at the time. This is like three back. Uh, I said I'm going to put a. Yeah, that's not it. That's not <laughs> it. That's not it. Are people saying I own all these jets? No wonder. Well, you can't just. Do you still smoke c- cigars? Yeah, I do. Nice. Do you have a favorite? Can I smoke in here or do you not allow people to smoke? I mean, I would love for you to smoke in here. I don't know if the. Uh... Can we smoke in here? It's it's your place. I don't think it's a great idea, but if you were cool with it, then definitely. I'm cool with it. I just have these little nicotine Go for cigars. It. Can you give us like something to Ashen? Yeah, give me a minute. Okay. But yeah, go I for got it. this cup. Oh, right. okay. Never mind. Great. Um, yeah, that's. It would also be the most hilarious episode ever. The if, one oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah. With the pirate ship on the bottom. Oh, anyway, I told my wife that I said, I'm going to put a skull and crossbones on the bottom of my plane. She goes, You shouldn't do that. 
And I said, why not? She goes, that's like saying fuck the universe. I said, well, you're going to hate my other idea, which was to write fuck the universe underneath the skull and crossbones. So there's a skull and crossbones, and it says fuck the universe underneath it. And I'm like, the universe made me a famous comedian. They know I'm kidding. Oh, my God. The universe doesn't take me serious. This is fantastic. That was uh, that picture with me in the tie, and I know exactly where it was because I only wore a tie once, and that was to address. Uh, I was it was Ron White Day in the state of Texas, and I had I was addressing the Senate. Oh, really? On Ron White Day, and you know what I said? What? I can't believe you guys have to work on Ron White Day. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I have a story. I don't know if you'll what we can cut it out if you don't if you don't like it. But somebody told me this recently, so I have to tell you the story. Okay. Um, so just mark this. <laughs> we might lose it. Um, so I'm doing this gig, and um, this comedian dating a guy, and the guy's like, "Oh yeah," and he goes, "You know, my dad uh, is a comedy manager," and I go, "Who's your dad?" I know a lot of the comedy managers. And he goes, uh, "John McDonald." And I go, oh, yeah, I know I know who that is. I've met him before. I go, he fucking dropped off a client at my place one time. Like, he brought the client over. And he's like, yeah, I grew up, you know, with, like, all these comics. And he's like, and Ron White. And I go, oh, man. So I start talking about you because we're just talking, you know, comedy stories and comics we like. And he goes, dude, I have this story that I've never told Ron. And I go, what is it? And he goes, it was, I don't know how many years ago, Ron comes over to our house. Yeah, he's a little kid then. He's a kid. Yeah. And he goes, he has a Porsche Cayenne SUV. Yeah. He goes, parks it there, and he goes, I forget where, like to a gig or something for a few I know days. the story. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, tell he it. Goes, I don't care. Okay. He goes, we get, he goes, a couple, he's like, he's gone for a couple of days. And me and my friends are like, this is Ron White's truck. Let's open it. So they open the trunk, and he's like, there's like a chest in the back. And we pull it out, and it has every drug imaginable in this chest. Yeah, it was. And he goes, I go, wait, so what would you do? He goes, we kept it. And we just shut the door. And then when Ron came back, he just got in his truck and left, and nobody ever said a thing. And he's like, and that was like our drug chest for like months. And he goes, and I never told him, and no one ever brought it up. So he goes, that's that happened. And eventually, his dad brought it up. He did. His dad found the chest. <laughs> where did you, where did you get this out of Ron White's truck? And 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 I wasn't really focused on my drugs at the time, so I wouldn't even miss that chest full of drugs. Really? I had so many. Yeah. That it was like an extra chest full. That's where I kept the spares or something. Like that. <laughs> but I do know that because he's like he sat me down. He did. John did, and. Uh, Hello, I'm Johnny Knoxville. And I'm Elna Baker. And we have a new podcast. It's called Pretty Sure I Can Fly. Yep. We've teamed up with my friends and barmates from Smartless to create a podcast where we talk to folks who have more balls in a bowling alley. People who accomplish something extraordinary despite people telling them that it couldn't or shouldn't be done. You'll hear stories about the Air Force doctor who buckled into a 600 mile per hour rocket sled and became the fastest man on the planet. And a man who wrestles alligators and sharks for fun. Do not do this. <laughs> You'll hear about a foul-mouthed moonshiner. Got a two-inch dick and a six-inch tongue and knows how to use both of them. <laughs> and an even more foul-mouthed female stunt pilot. We got bull riders. Balloonists. Bobsledders. And big wave surfers. People who lay their balls on an anvil and hand the other fellow the hammer. Okay. <laughs> 
I bet you've actually done that, Johnny. Maybe for sweeps. Follow Pretty Sure I Can Fly on the Wondery app. Or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Pretty Sure I Can Fly early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus. Is your beer fridge feeling a little empty? DoorDash is your door to beer without the run. Whatever drink you're in the mood for, they've got you. Order your alcohol with DoorDash today and drink in the savings. Use code BEARS24 to get 25% off, up to $15 value on a $35 minimum subtotal on your next alcohol order for eligible users only. I mean, there's like sometimes you just don't want to leave. That's me. Once we're at a spot and we're hanging out, I just don't want to leave. And now you don't have to. The alcohol selection on DoorDash is top shelf. Beer, wine, mixers, mocktails, and more can be delivered straight to your door. Save up to 25%, up to $15 value when you spend $35 or more with code BEARS24. So whether you're grabbing drinks for an event or staying in for the night, DoorDash is here to help you have a great evening any evening. Terms apply, must be 21 or older to order alcohol, drink responsibly, delivery and promotions available only in select markets. Yeah, the, John was my manager in the, the, for a while, and he was not the asshole guy. The other guy was the asshole, uh, J.P. Williams. And, and uh, <laughs> J.P. Williams and I, you know, he always he was always an asshole to me, but I wanted that job with uh, Blue yeah. Collar. Sure. And because uh, it was great. It was a great fucking job. Jeff yeah. paid me well. When I opened for him, I made so much money. Yeah. And, uh, and then the Blue Collar thing looked like a stairway to fucking heaven. And uh, so... He, but he always referred to me as an overpaid opening act, and you know, he just your shitty. own manager. Yeah, my own. Well, yeah, and and uh, but he wasn't really my manager then. He was Jeff's manager, but then they formed a company to manage me and Dan after Blue Collar. So we got back together for for Blue Collar One or Blue Collar Two, the second movie, and uh, but we hadn't toured together for a while. But I'd made a few million bucks, you know, yeah. that year. 13 and uh, <laughs> and so he still wanted to you know play that same game that i didn't want to play anymore yeah about the overpaid opening act because i was selling out the <sighs> you know the radio city music hall and uh and uh so and i was drunk and it was and we were finished it was the rap party at the hotel yeah. we were all done everybody could have gone home yeah and but this asshole brought out the fucking asshole in me and it turned into a big shoving fuck you motherfucker well the uh the next day he dropped me from the roster and uh this is a client that's paying him a million plus a year but sure. i wasn't his client right i was john's client and so that caused a little riff in the company when one guy fires the other guy's only client yeah. so that caused them to have to split and oh. john went with me so that's how that ended up that's, that's how, how that and then i uh, and then <laughs> i loaded his kid up with drugs and then uh, <laughs> you know. i mean it's so amazing people who don't follow who don't know this world well about managers like there's like five that are worthwhile you know like yeah. they're they're not there's so many of them that are just fucking 
they just answer phones. Right. And they forward you itineraries. And you're like, the fuck do you do, man? Right. And then they have the balls to say some shit like that to somebody. And you're like, hey, man, you're a fucking glorified secretary. Right. Get the fuck out of right. here with this Caddy. shit. Yeah. You're a fucking, I grab my bag. You're telling me bitch. this shit? Right. Yeah. And so I, I figured that out. And I got to the point, I never wanted to be anything but a comedian. Yeah. And uh, that's what I was focused on. That's what I wanted to do. So anytime I, the period of my career when I needed The Tonight Show or or I did Letterman once and uh, and uh, and then I did the the uh, Scottish guy, what's his name? Uh, the talk show guy at Late Show. Oh, 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 Kurt, Craig Ferguson. Ferguson yeah. yeah. And uh, so I didn't do very many of them. And then, but when I got popular, then they all wanted me to do it. Sure. And I didn't want to. Yeah. And uh, because I know that it doesn't help. Doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything. I mean, uh, Jake Johansson has been on The Tonight Show 20-something times. Yeah. And can't sell out a funny bone. And he's one of the best comics alive. Yeah. So that's not the gateway or the pathway anymore when it used to be. It did. Um, So. um, Is it that crazy that you used to fucking do. People would do Johnny Carson, and the next day they'd be like, "Everybody Boom. knows who you are." Everybody knows who you are. Yeah. So it, it's, uh, it, but anyway, that doesn't exist anymore. So anytime I would, I, I started getting, I had a development deal for, uh, from Fox out of the uh, Montreal Comedy Festival. So I had, I really, I had a movie coming out, Blue Collar, and a development deal. Uh-huh. And the development deal for was for Senior White, which is about a time in my life that I lived in Mexico and owned a pottery company. Okay. True story. Yeah. And, uh, true story? True story. And uh, I lived in Reynosa, Mexico, uh-huh. and uh, I had a pottery, let's call it a concern, mm-hmm. because I was concerned about it. It wasn't really a <laughs> company, but we made beautiful stuff. And, and uh, so... Things were looking good, right? I'm staying in a nice hotel, driving a really nice BMW on Fox's nickel. I got an acting coach that's still my acting coach to this day, this lady named Eva Charney, who's great. And uh, we made this thing, this this called Senior White, and it was really good. But at the end of the day, Rupert Murdoch's kids looked at it and said, nah. And uh, so it was, it was gone. And then Blue Collar went straight to DVD. Uh, and, and, uh, I'm like, and then I was back at the funny bone in, uh, Omaha and I'm like, oh, <laughs> and then, uh, somebody explained to me that, that, that it, 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 it's not over yet, right? Cause, yeah. uh, that's a really good movie you're in there and it tests really high in all markets. And they had decided instead of spending their, they had earmarked $8 million for the, to, for the push out, and they reduced that to eight hundred thousand dollars for the marketing to of make it? it kill, to make it die in the theaters. They already had deals in Walmart, oh. and Target, and everything else. So, the, and and they were right because the DVD sold four million, uh, and uh, in no time, and uh, and then spread throughout the land. And I mean, I couldn't even walk in a, a Walmart or something like that without being completely. I was way more famous then than I am now. Mobbed. Mobbed, and uh, I'm like, wow, wow, this 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 worked. But uh, but anytime I did television, and I was in a show called Roadies on a, on Showtime, and yeah, I did some movies, uh, but not big roles. But anytime I did it, it cost me money because I'd have to stop touring to do it. Of course. And, uh, so you, so 
I never really cared much about that brass ring because I already had a brass ring and I wasn't willing to put it down uh, to go for another one. I yeah. thought I was pretty lucky to have this one. So, and I love doing stand up and in acting, I can do it and, uh, and I'm okay at it, but I'm a really good comic. Yeah. And uh, so that's kind of where I always wanted to be. Dude, you so, know what I ended up doing in, in April? I wrote this thing that I've wanted to make and I just paid to shoot it because I was like, I don't want to go through the process of going to, and I've pitched before and had deals and shot. And I was like, no. Yeah. So I just made, I just shot it myself. So it's in post right now. It's being, but like, I just spent my own money to make the thing I want to make because I was like, I don't want it to be in someone else's that's, hands. That's great. I, I could never make a deal with television either they wanted me to do something i didn't want to do right or i wanted to do something they didn't want to do exactly so eventually i did not do what you did which was make whatever i wanted to make yeah <clears throat> so i just kept doing stand-up so yeah. uh, but ultimately too the thing is i mean i made this thing that i i'm i wanted to make and i'm glad i did it but i'm still like well i can't wait to get back to stand-up i mean i it's it's just what i love doing yeah it's, it's you know I don't think I don't even think if I if if this was a thing where somebody was like okay we we want to acquire it and make these I would still look at it as cool I'll do that for a few months but I I don't want it to be my life right you know I, I never want to like stop doing this yeah how well how could I say that and I'm retiring well, at the end of the year but yeah uh, but that's after how many years of, of stand up thirty eight. 38 years and, ten, <laughs> and and tens of thousands of shows. and, and yeah. uh, But, you know, it's kind of weird because I, I want to retire. I, 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 you I'm, really want to retire? I'm happy with the run. It's been a great run, and uh, and I can certainly afford to retire and do whatever I want. And But when I really made the hard decision to retire, I made it really based on the fact that I never thought I would be as good as I used to be. And... Uh, uh, coming back from COVID because I had I really struggled with my chops coming back from that, and uh, I could still do it, but it wasn't the same thing. I wasn't stepping on them; something was missing. And uh, but eventually, I got that back, uh -huh. and I'm now I'm on stage just beating the fuck out of crowds, and yeah. and uh, so <laughs> retiring is still, I, and I won't quit doing stand up. I'll keep doing stand up. My plan is to quit making money at it really what a great plan yeah and uh that because i want to keep my chops in case i change my mind you know so you know i'll still do rogan's club and the vulcan and stuff like that and i loved going down there and doing those short sets yeah and if you don't have to live in la or new york to do that it's great then uh <clears throat> you know it's a it's a crazy opportunity to, to continue to do what i love but uh you know to i'd just like to have a fucking friday that i didn't have that i could go do something you know besides stand-up yeah I just that you know exactly what life is you just don't take weekends off and so you'll just you'll keep you'll keep it as something that you do but you're not going to be like i'm just not going to be a touring, touring guy comic anymore well, shit after 38 years yeah i'm just it's it's enough it's plenty and yeah. and there are also <clears throat> a million uh it seems like a million not a million but there are a lot comedy is in good hands i mean it yeah it, Comedy doesn't need me to keep going, and I don't need comedy to keep going. Uh, but, you know, now it's, you know, you can, there are so many ways like these podcasts yeah. to stay relevant and in front of people. Would you do one? No. 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 But I would do yours. Okay. You know, with no effort. I wake up at 1030. Yeah. Eat a sandwich. 
ham and cheese, Swiss, and uh, come on down here and Have do this. Have the coffee and do this, yeah. Or, uh, or, or Joe's. I enjoy doing Joe's yeah. show every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but, you know, maybe I would do a podcast. I don't know. I, 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 I tell you, I don't find myself very interesting. You're on a day-to-day fucking basis, you know, I'm just, uh, I don't even know what I would do, what I would even set it up like everybody else. How many people do you know have had a fucking, uh, a pottery consideration in Mexico, have uh, ate ayahuasca in Costa Rica, have owned a jet and a tour bus and have toured the country making people laugh for 38 years? That's not like the guy you meet at the store. It took you 17 seconds to say it. Okay, now what? Now what? Look at, his, look at his fucking hair. We can talk about your hair for the next hour. How'd you have hair like that, you <clears throat> asshole? I don't know. My 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 my, my Twitter pro, or my uh, Bumble profile for a while was uh, hair, teeth, dick, and money. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to overlook a little fat, but man. the other boxes. I mean, you got like Fabio hair, man. That's not it, fair. It's uh, It's hair. It's hair. Uh, Cherokee. That's my mother's Cherokee. Really? Yeah. God damn it. And my dad was bald as a bat. And so, uh, but you're not bald. You just have a shaved head. Now, right here. So once it started to thin up here, because I, I, I don't have the, the hole in the back. Right. It's in the front. So once it thins out here, you look like a dick if you grow your hair out. You just have like these stragglers in the front. So I just take it down. Yeah, no, it looks, it's a good look for you. It's a good, I have a good shaped head. That's yeah, you I do. Uh, I don't. I got a lump on one side and a lump on the other side. Well, I don't, I never went with the shaved thing, but. Good you have all that hair. I know. <laughs> I just fucking rub it in people's face. <laughs> you should. Here. Yeah. Take that. No, I was, I love too. I love that um, you brought into, into stand up this thing of like, I love the story. I told you I'm a huge storytelling fan. I, I try to to do it as much as I can because I enjoy doing it. But you also brought in the like that that a guy can be a comic. See, I, when I started comedy, I thought like you should try to look like shit for some. Like I was like, oh, does this T-shirt have a hole in it? Wear that because that was in my mind as like that's what you got to be like a mess, right. right? And then like you, I would see you, and it's like this guy's in a suit, he's holding a cigar, he's he's like a fucking gentleman up there and then you're on your jet and I'm like oh you can be like living a comfortable good life and still be a great comic you know and that's that was also like a way of inspiring like the aesthetic of it all that you you don't have to be a I don't know I feel like all of us that started when I did were like into that like be a bum up there grunge yeah like look like shit yeah and and then it takes a while to be like no that's not appealing to even look at I I always I kind of had and somebody else told me this and he was a it was a guy that was a hypnotist in the comedy clubs and I can't remember his name but he was the only one at one time an older guy about sixty five and he said uh, you should be the best dressed person in the room and I'm like okay well that that'll be easy I think that's I'll, I think put that's on true. a shirt and tie I never never wore ties but I always uh, wore you know always got dressed up for for to go walk on stage it felt like part of the process i think once you put yourself in an audience member's mind it makes a difference because you go who do i want to look at for the next hour do i want to look at a guy with like a wrinkled t-shirt right or a guy who's dre- like who's dressed nicely right it's like it's, it's like oh that's the star that's the person we're watching right and i think it totally does something also i've always i also noticed that whenever i'm dressed really well it does affect the way i perform like little things and the way that i feel like i'm perceived it's almost like they're like, oh, this is 
this is the person in charge. Right. You know? And even if you go to like a absolutely a house party or something, right? And you have a suit on, everybody's like, okay, like this is this guy's supposed to be here. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like, they'll let you in. Yeah, you're the boss, I guess. And, man. Uh, yeah, and that, you know. Do you ever want to tell Kreischer just just put on a shirt, dude? Fucking my whole life. Just put on a fucking shirt. Just yeah. you know, it doesn't have to be great. Yes. But a shirt, you know? Yeah. Yes. I mean, of course I want to tell him that. It was funny when I was tripping my balls off on ayahuasca. You, you could talk to it? mother, you could talk to <laughs> mother ayahuasca. And I was it was that first night and I was having a really rough time and and uh I said uh to mother ayahuasca or to myself, I said, I was just hot. And she said, just take off your shirt. And I said, I don't want everybody to know I'm fat. And she goes, they already know. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no. How do they know? I had it covered up. I had it draped. I had it. <laughs> How would they know? Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, he's a, uh, God, he takes that shirt off. And it's like, it's just such a such a pop you know people are like look at this fucking bloated carcass not giving a fuck yeah and yeah. i guess it's the not give a fuck that uh it, there he is there he is yeah i told him that i hope he never puts the shirt on and that he's doing stand-up at 65 and 70 so people are like oof like when right. he's when he's 70 and distended and yeah, it turns into a hanging yeah. mass of and he'll gut. He'll definitely and, have that insulin thing sewn into him, so people will be like, the fuck is that thing? They're like, oh, that's where he gets his insulin. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's got another morphine drip on his other side, and they're like, okay, this guy lives hard. He does yeah. live pretty hard. Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if he'll go through a thing like you, you know, where he'll be like, because he associates himself, too, as being, like, the party guy, right? People right. see Bert, and they're like, fucking let's party. Yeah. want to have a drink. And he's in. He's in, and he for loves the party. And I was, too, you know. Do you do you do what he, you know what he does? It's, to me, it's insane, because I'm the, I'm the Richard Jenny to his Ron White, is that I'm always like, I'm good. Right. <laughs> but he'll tell an audience which bar he's going to. He'll be like... Meet me at old fucking Mally's. And then he goes to the bar, and there's like a thousand people at the bar. And he's, I'm like, dude, I would never fucking do that. Ever. Yeah, I don't even know if I would do that. <laughs> I, yeah. I really don't. I mean, I know I wouldn't then, but even in the day, yeah, I kind of, uh, I kind of avoided the, the, the crowds. The crowds yeah. after the show. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it never weighed out to be much good for me. Right. And, uh, now it's just uh, uh, now I just want to live my little quiet life and uh, I like uh, it and uh, you know travel. I want to see the world. I want to go to concerts on the weekend. Really, nice. I was off this weekend. I saw two great guitar players, Monty Montgomery at Saxon Pub. It was oh god damn delicious. You ever see Monty Montgomery play uh -uh. guitar? Uh uh. And then the next night, I went to a birthday party at uh, at uh, oh, I'm gonna. Yeah, that guy is a beast. And that little piece of shit guitar that he plays, mm -hmm. he can make that thing sound like anything in the world. It is just incredible. And I was working the Funny Bone 30 years ago in San Antonio, and somebody took me out to see him 30 years ago. And uh, This guy? Yeah. He is a beast. 
Wow. I mean, a goddamn beast. And then, uh, and then I went to a birthday party over at Van Wilkes' house, and Van Wilkes is a crazy, crazy guitar player. He plays a lot with Billy Gibbons, and he had a big following in Europe. Just plays this 12-string that has so much harmonic to it. It just sounds like no other guitar, and and uh, that's yeah, that's Van Wilkes. Wow! And uh, so that's what happens when you don't work Friday and Saturday. You get to enjoy. You some can show. go, you know, go dig on the fucking tunes and other people's talents, and uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was his birthday. He lives over in South Austin, this little house, uh, and it's really a. It was just a really cool old school Austin vibe. I I just had a I had a blast and it was so like great evening. I just sat out there in a lawn chair. Dude, I haven't had a weekend and I can't remember when. I know. I, I can't remember. I know they're gone. Yeah. How long have you done stand up? This is um, oh this is twenty years. Twenty years. This so, is twenty. Yeah. Yeah. If you clap another two decades on that, you might be sick of it. <laughs> I don't even say it. Um. What about uh, golf, too, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I play golf all the time. Uh, I uh, That's the the kind of the dilemma, because I, I bought this lot out at this swank new place. We the swankest place in Texas. It's out in Driftwood. It's called Driftwood. And it's a Discovery Land property, and they make the swankest stuff there is. Mm -hmm. Tom Fazio comes in and does it. The course is open. I'm playing it and uh, uh, probably this afternoon. And... Uh, but and I bought a lot there, and I was one of the early people to do it, and and that lot became so valuable that now I don't think I can afford to live on my own property that's already paid for, and and so I think I'm going to sell it, yeah. And uh, and so we're looking at houses this, this afternoon, and I, when I but my dream was already set to build a house on that, but now the lot's worth fucking four million dollars, and uh, I'm like, that's God good. damn it, I don't want to. I don't want to live on a $4 million lot. And, yeah, that's... Uh, so I'm going to sell it and just buy a house. And But you have to own property to keep that membership. But I'm already a membership at Barton, so I'll just play golf out play there. Golf. I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. What are those, by the way? Can I see that? Yeah, they're uh, Romeo and Julieta. Really? Little cigars jacked with nicotine. They're great. Nice. They're so addictive. Regular high-quality cigars don't really have a lot of nicotine in them. Mm-hmm. And not addictive at all. They they dumped the nicotine into these fucking things like cigarettes. But I didn't know that. So I, and I started smoking them on the golf course because if you step on a fifteen dollar cigar of mine on the it, no matter if it's my fault or not, yeah. I'm mad at you for three holes. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah. And or if I or if I leave one behind, it's fifteen bucks. This is like fifteen bucks for a pack of. Can them. I take one? And I take huh? Can I take one? Yeah. All right. You want to so, smoke it? I'll share my ashtray with okay, you. Okay. Cool. Okay. But then I started getting off planes going, where are my fucking cigars? Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Hey, I got Rogan hooked on these things uh, slowly but surely. Now he waits for me to show up. Hey, give me one of those. And That's like, nice. At some point, I'm going to have to steer him towards the cigar shop. Yeah. <laughs> get out of my pocket, Rogan. <laughs> Great yeah. little smokes. That's nice. So we're we're going out this afternoon to look at houses. It's so much fun to look at houses, I it think, is. and decide what I'm going to do. And man, when we I were, can't even afford to live on your river. <laughs> it's so goddamn expensive over there. And it's I, too much. Uh, and I really don't believe in this market. I mean, it, but 
it doesn't show any signs of letting up. I know. And people are still moving here, and I'm like, ah, damn. I mean, that one, there's a house that we're looking at this afternoon that in 2011 was $400,000. Now it's $4 million. It's a great house, but I'm like, God, how can that be true? It's 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 all it is it's all, true. Yeah, and also the thing, at least you live here and can look. When we were visiting to look at houses, I'm not kidding you. You'd call, you know, you'd talk to your realtor, and he'd say, "Hey, so tomorrow when we arrive, we'll check out these six houses." They're like, "Yeah." We'd land, and they'd be like, three of them sold today." I'm like, "Today? This morning?" Today, right. And they're like, "Yeah." They're like, "So they're gone." You'd have to like keep making trips and everything would be gone. It would just be gone. So at least you can, you know. Yeah, well, I'm kind of nervous here. about this house that I, it's only been on the market two days. We saw it yesterday and it's, uh, and it's just, but it's in town. And uh, uh, I live right now, I live in a penthouse downtown mm-hmm. of a building. And I thought I, and I love it. I mean, it's the coolest thing, the best view. You know, it's pretty big, about 2,500 feet. And uh, and and I have the first three parking places right next to the elevator. Lock it and leave it. You know, it's but there's an HOA, and I've never. And it's kind of like living in a frat house. And yeah. the, anybody that's got keys to the front door has got they, they got access to your front door. And then nobody fucks with me. But and uh, the parking lot next parking space next to mine in the garage there was a turd one day, and I went oh turd, and. Uh, and then there's only on the bottom floor, there's only about 30 cars that park there and everybody else goes through a different entrance that, and they park in a garage. Uh-huh. So there's only two dog owners down there and the other one's a big dog. My dog's small. Mustard is his name. And uh, Frenchie. So the lady that saw that turd knew it wasn't her dog's turd so assumed it was my dog's turd. So she filed a complaint against me for letting my dog shit in the garage and not pick it up. I get a certified fucking letter from the building saying that if I don't pick up after my, they explained the whole scenario. And uh, I got so goddamn mad. I mean, just <laughs> infuriated. And I went down to talk to the manager. I said, I want a written fucking letter from every one of these people apologizing to me for their stupid fucking mistake. And of course I didn't get it. Then a few months later, I'm coming in from golf and we'd stopped and had a few cocktails on the way home, and I was drunk. And, uh, and it just happened that they were having an HOA meeting. And so all those people were there. I didn't know about the HOA meeting. It was just going on. I was walking by. I'm like, oh, let me go talk to these motherfuckers. So, and it was, uh, so what you did was you decided by a turd's size and location what asshole it came out of and who's to blame instead of whose job is it to pick up this fucking turd, which is what I thought when I saw it. Somebody's got to have a job. If there's a turd and there's a property and I pay an HOA fee, there's got to be an employee that comes by and scoops this motherfucker up. My buddy's patting me on the arm going, let's go, Ron. This is at the HOA meeting? This is at the HOA meeting with with a crowd and all seven of them, the pro popes. And, uh, and so it really became fast. Then I wanted to do these things to my unit and, uh, and then they just said no to all of them. Oh, and yeah. They were pricks. And yeah. And then I did it anyway. And, uh, so I liked that. I mean, once I got past all that and the H, I loved the, the, the spot. I love the unit. And, uh, but 
I got a dog. I need a house with a yard. I yeah. don't want to live up there. But I sit out on that balcony at night, look straight down the river, and the sunsets are fucking gorgeous. And it's uh, nice. It's nice. But I don't know what to do. Well, it sounds like, I mean, you got that, and then you'll you're gonna sell your the land of the of the place you already bought. You're gonna have a nice thing to go shop with. Yeah. Oh yeah. The, yeah. Uh, and then uh, and my and my girlfriend has a beautiful place in Sand Canyon and a place in Oxnard at the beach. So, you know, we're we're like we got to get rid of some Oxnard, s- meaning in L.A. In L.A. Like, yeah. yeah, there's a big, huge marina in Oxnard yeah. that uh, I never really knew about till I met her. It's a gigantic. How long marina. you guys been together? Uh, well, we knew each other for a while and and dated for a little bit and then started dating again right around COVID. So okay. we uh, kind of went through COVID together. I feel like I ran. I I didn't I didn't know you. I didn't say anything to you. But I was at the Sirius XM radio offices, and you came in. This is like, I feel like it might have been like right before COVID. I'm guessing, right? Yeah. And, I guess and you so. had a dog with you. Had the dog with you. Mustard, the little uh, Frenchie. Yeah, a little yeah. Frenchie. Yeah. You yeah. and the lady. I was like, ah, but you know, it just didn't bother you. I don't know which one it was. Probably <laughs> wasn't Jeannie. If it okay. was before, I think so. Tall. Blonde or short blonde? Short. Short. Might have been Jeannie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But she's she's great. I'm gonna I'm gonna run out the clock with her. We're not gonna get married. She's got a bunch of grandkids and stuff, and she's my age. You know, I did I, I didn't really spend a lot of time chasing younger women. I, I like women my age. And she's yeah. really pretty. I mean she looks great. You can look great for a long time these days if you're yeah. really, <laughs> and she was an acrobat, but she's really strong. That's awesome. And uh she I had to it's because of her that I I won't date women I I can't uh, kill that I know for a fact I can kill her if I wanted to and I I never I never do it I never do it never but I would like the option and, yeah uh, but she uh, <laughs> we we'd, we'd gone out and she was all dressed up and I was dressed up and she says I think I could take you down to the ground and I'm like when I stopped laughing right I weighed. 220 pounds she weighs 103 yeah probably gonna be a tough match for you this you know this time in and uh but she was really serious about it and uh and she said no i really think i could well i I said well you could because i would never hurt you yeah so even if i end up defending myself yeah and she attacked me right in the chest knocked me back and she's a grappler and she's strong i didn't even know like a monkey because she was a accurate not an acrobat a gymnast so uneven parallel bars. It was a long time ago, but yeah. she still has that core yeah. that's monster marine fucking strong. I had no idea until then. I was like trying to find I really had to try yeah. uh, to get her off of me, and but her hair was all perfect, and there was a squirt gun. I used to squirt my dog when he barks at other dogs on the screen of the TV, yeah. and I got it. And I and I was squirting her hair, and, and that's the only thing that saved my life. <laughs> I backed her into a fucking room with that squirt gun. It's a hundred pound like, woman. Fuck! I'm yeah. gonna start checking people out. Man. That is a good rule: is to date women you can only kill. Yeah, for sure. yeah. Not because yeah. you would, because no. you, you know, but you, you never can. know. You know, I, the same reason I don't have a pet lion. I'm like you though too. Is that <laughs> right? Yeah. Because yeah. why? Yeah. When you don't have to. Yeah, they can. And it, if it decided to, yeah. you know. I'm attracted to women my own age too, man. I really am. You know, you, you still look at a young woman, you go, yeah, she's beautiful. Yeah. She's beautiful. But I'm not like attracted to them. Right. I see I the wanna... I see the I see the problems. Yeah. yeah you know. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. know Lewis Black dates dates really, really young women and I'm like like in their twenties and stuff. Really? And I'm like, yeah. 
And I'm like, what do you fucking this, even talk about? How can he? Right? I guess you don't. I mean, how can this? What's the, what could possibly happen good in this relationship? That uh, that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Especially because he, he's like such like an intellectual guy. Right. He's probably yeah. like, I'm done. I know. With smart shit. I just want to talk to your dumb ass for a minute. <laughs> You're a fucking idiot. I'll talk to you. <laughs> it's, I, I don't. I don't understand it. But I, you know. But I mean, I've been married to. Uh, my first wife is my son's mom, uh, who's one of my best friends. Uh, we went to see, uh, the concert this weekend together oh. and, uh, her and her husband who I love to death. He's the greatest guy in the world. He was the stepfather to my son. And if you think that's not important, you're wrong. Yeah. Uh, who that stepfather ends up being is the most critical part of your life, uh, because he can make things great. Or he can make problems you can't even fucking start to imagine. And yeah. this guy's solid. Really? And, uh, and we we raised that boy to, together, both of us did, <laughs> as men and, and a team. So and, and it's so great that we're all really good friends. That and, is great. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people just don't understand that relationship, you know, and how important it is. And 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 but he he's divorced too, and he had a horrible one because the the dude that married his ex was just this gun wheeled and christian right-wing far gone dude and yeah uh, and he has to put up with it every fucking day of his life well now wow. the kids are grown so right. it doesn't really matter so much but that's crazy and that's uh, that can ruin your life yeah absolutely it can so you know i'm really grateful to, that that uh that she has great taste in men and knew when to get rid of me and, <laughs> and uh and hook up with terry so uh those are uh those are really important things so but my life right now is is uh it feels like it's in a really good balance i'm really i, I really don't feel like the need to do anything pressing you know that yeah. i still am on you know scheduled to live the life i want to live and and uh and i'm okay with the decisions you know that i'm making so you have a very balanced like energy to you like you're very calm not that you know i and i know that and that, and that has not always been the case with me uh -huh. you know i i mean i'm in a better place cuz it's always been you know showbiz is a struggle and uh and and there's i stepped in every little landmine you could they fucking built i stepped in all, all of them you know with the yeah. ego and and uh you know believing the the press and going through the struggles and and then I mean, I really don't do anything on social media anymore. I have somebody post stuff, but I would just, my reaction to somebody saying something shitty was so over the top that I had to quit listening to people say shitty things. Oh, right. right. So totally. I just did. And so now if somebody wanted to say something shitty about me, the only way you could possibly do it is to hire a porn star to write it on her ass. Yeah. And then maybe I would be looking at that particular porn <laughs> and go, Ron White's not very funny. Yeah. And on that, wow, right yeah, there, right I get there. that to me. Yeah. So that's the long shot, but yeah. that's it. You know, yeah. you, you can't talk directly to me. You got to really be committed to getting Ron a message. Yeah, you yeah. got to want it. You yeah. got to want it. Yeah. And then it's still, you know. Yeah, At that point, you no kind guarantee. Of, you kind of salute it, though, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, I'll listen to it. Like, is that you know, in her that asshole? Trouble. Her asshole <laughs> says Ron White sucks. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. That's so funny. I mean, so I'm I'm pretty happy with the way things have uh, have gone. I'm proud of. Um, I'm really proud of my career. You know, I you work hard be. at it, and 
And my favorite thing about it is uh, the respect from my peers, you and uh, and, uh, and because if you don't have that, what do you have? You know, it's it's everything, and you have nothing but respect and admiration from comedians that like you started with, and and uh, comedians that are ten and twenty and thirty years behind you. Everybody like 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 I said, everybody like you know we respect. I love comedians, but it's like there's nothing like, especially when you've been doing it for a minute, and you go like, wow, somebody has been doing this 20 years longer than me and still goes up there and slays like that is because because part of your brain the reason why is that part of your brain goes how is that possible right like when you put out a special you always have this familiar thing that happens you're like how am i starting over again right and it's like it's the scariest part and it's kind of exciting it's exciting at the same time and you're trying to come up with new stuff and then you're like, it's never going to be like like it was. And it always is. Yeah. And uh, it just takes work. It just takes work. But it's always daunting. It's daunting. I always think. And, and that's really the thing. I've really, I always think I can't do it again. Right. I, there's no way that I can come I up love with that something I, as saying, funny as yeah. baby duck pussy lip tacos. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just all downhill from here. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, uh, and you, and you realize that it's, it's a familiar feeling of like, this isn't going to work out. But then you go, wait, but it worked out last time. And that worked out the time before then. And then you go like, how's the guy doing it 38 years? Though? It doesn't make sense. How does he, how does he keep doing it? Right. And the, it, it's, it's pretty strange. It's not all that common to spend 20 years in theaters and uh, w- without going back, you yeah. know? And uh, so I, I think that in the, I'm in a position that as long as my fans are, you know, they're dying. I mean, most of them are pretty old, but uh, that I could continue to hang around. Yeah. But I don't ever want to be a mediocre comic, you know, no. and, it, and it and to stay, you know, what it takes to keep sharp, you yeah. know, every day, you know. <laughs> I used to go out time. in Hollywood. I would do sets every goddamn night. Yeah. And uh, for two reasons. One, it, it was, that was my social thing. And I love hanging out with other comics. It's the best. And uh, so, it, you know, and drinking in that bar was my favorite bar. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, and then be able to pop in and do a, a, a fucking set and work on new stuff. And and the room was so sizzling hot that it wasn't really the best place for me to try out new stuff. The best place for me to do it is in front of my fans to see yeah. if they think it's funny. Right. Not if this crowd of people that aren't necessarily my fans uh, think it's funny and I'm following fucking Ali Wong just mopping the fucking floor with them, you yeah, know, so yeah. you better go out and do some jokes, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but it was just the funnest environment, but, uh, and I loved, uh, I mean, I had a really cool house in Beverly Hills and, and, a, and, a, and, a, and it, was a, it was a fun hang, and it, but it just came to an end, you know, yeah. and uh, where I just don't want to do that anymore. And, and thank God that, you know, that Joe moved down here and, and has this vision of, you know, comedy clubs on every oh, corner. Yeah. And, and, uh, the which city is, great. is like, it he'll, is, he'll it's make happening. That shit work. Yeah, I think like we, we got his coming. You know, there obviously is like the Vulcan the uh, Creek. Creek and, and then there's, uh, they're opening an, another one at the domain. They're open. It's already open. Is it open now? Yeah, I'm going to go out there and do a set. It's supposed to be beautiful. They really built it. Helium. Right, I, you know, it's the people that own the laugh stop. I don't know what they call it. Yeah, I, th- I think it's I, a I helium. They keep the name, but is it, um, is it helium in, at the domain? Uh, let's see. It's oh, it's is it or is it Cap City? Oh, Cap City. Yeah, it that's Cap it. City. But it's the same people that own helium. Oh, right? they gave it four and a half stars. I haven't been out there yet, but I heard yeah. it, I heard it was open. I don't know about the North Star Comedy Club. Is that here too? Don't even know about that. 
It's three stars. Um, I'll pop in the Capital City. I'd like capital. to do that. What the fuck? I didn't so, even know this stuff was here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> They're all over the place. It's gonna, it's gonna keep going. Uh, yeah, Cap City. That's right, because Cap City was famously at another location for years and years and years. That was a, a great place to work. I, I used to love doing that room. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, and uh, it used to be turned around uh, where the stage was on the other end of the room uh-huh. uh, back when it was the wasn't Cap City. It was something else. Uh, Laugh Stop, I think, is what it was. Right. And uh, and then it was really cool. And then they would turn it around. It went from one of a kind to one in a dozen. Yeah. And, uh, so, but it was still a good room. So I assume this one will be too. Yeah, I but can't wait. I'm gonna, I, I don't, I don't know even if, know when the open mic nights are, does it say? I don't know. Does, what happens when you click on uh, on their link for that Cap City uh, thing? Yeah, click on that. Let's see what they're what they're saying here. Yeah, go to the website. Um. All right, yeah. Helium, yeah, so Helium owns it. And what's their calendar? Hit the, uh, scroll up to the top and just hit calendar there. Let's see if it lays it out. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Is June lit? Okay. Does it say open mic night? Is that? I can't read it. Can you make that bigger? Best of. Best of. That's probably uh, open mic night. Probably is, right. right? Best of one night only. DL's kind of... Uh, they must have multiple rooms because they got DL and, and another guy, Sean. Scroll down oh, more. Maybe DL's just doing the one show a night. I don't know. I think it looks like he's doing four. And the other guy's Jeff, Jeff Ross, Ross is doing is four. In. But then another guy is doing eight and ten. I think they must have multiple rooms. It looks like Jeff Ross is moving here. He's there so often. <coughs> wow. Marlon. Yeah, so they're... This is, you're right. This is fully operational now. Yeah, yeah, they're up and going. So that'll be that'll be good and, and another great option, you know, for us to go. One of the things that uh, about not drinking is it dawns on me every once in a while. Oh, I can just drive over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, I haven't driven later than five o'clock in the afternoon in years. Now and, you can. Uh, and uh, I was I also had a tendency not to drive at all. Yeah. And now I can just get in my car. Nice. And. Uh, Love it. Enjoy the mushrooms. On the yeah, way over there. I can't yeah. wait. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna hit you up for the uh ayahuasca info, the Costa Rica trip. I think I want to try that. Yeah. I'm going again in the first of the year. To uh, do that again? Yeah. I had a bunch of friends that wanted to go with me and I'm like, nah, this is one of those walkabout things. So I'm gonna go out there by myself first time and uh see what it is. And yeah. so I didn't take anybody and But this time you're gonna? Yeah, it's uh, uh uh this friend of mine that used to own Patron and wants to go down there and uh uh, uh, so he, he he owns a bunch of land in Costa Rica, so I'll probably go down there with him and uh, in his Falcon Seven X, fucking badass plane. Nice. Um, yeah, this was great, dude. Thank you for coming by. It was a fucking uh, a blast to sit here and podcast with you, man. I enjoyed so it. I enjoyed yeah. it too, man. And congrats on everything. You uh, too. I, I I mean, I couldn't be more one. thrilled. Yeah, you can get that in Austin, or you can get that all over the place. So you can It's called Number One, and uh, you can go to taterstequila.com, and we can send it to your house. And uh, 
We've won 16 gold medals with that. It's never been beaten in a competition. That is the finest drink of tequila that I know of, and, and it's not overpriced because the big boys have a billion-dollar advertising budget, yeah. and we have me going, hey, I got some tequila for sale over yeah. here. Yeah. I, I pass the savings on to you. And the Añejo is what I love. This is my the extra Añejo. You'll love, you'll love that bottle. So that's yeah. a gift to you, my friend. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, fun to chat with you, and let's do it again, man. This will be fun. Anytime. To- I'm here. You're here. We'll do, do it. Let's do it. All right. Thanks, All right. Ron. Bert and Tom, Tom and Bert. One goes topless while the other wears a shirt. Tom tells stories and Bert's the machine. There's not a chance in hell that they'll keep it clean. Here's what we call Two Bears, One Cave. No scripts, a bit of booze, amateur fartology. Dirty jokes, raunchy humor, no apologies. Here's what we call Two Bears, One Cave.